On today's show, a sweet return to a personal favorite guest of mine from yesteryear. What do I mean? We're going to find out real soon on This Authentic Avenue. Hershey's. Everyone knows what Hershey's is, and today my conversation is with Jill Baskin, their chief marketing officer. I've talked to Jill before on a prior podcast, and part of that conversation is what I lead with today. Because while I certainly talk a lot about my favorite candy and chocolate, we also talk a lot about professional development, specifically self-discovery, doing more of what you like and less of what you don't. It's easy in name, but it's hard in practice, and it's something that over the years Jill has become very good at, and it's led her to this point. So we focus on that pretty strongly up front, and then of course we also talk about that grand A word, authenticity, and we start internally. How do you keep teams motivated and authentically engaged right now? That's part of Jill's job at Hershey, and she has a couple of ideas that she says aren't that big, but are actually quite impactful, at least in this host's opinion. We also talk about how that authenticity We also talk about how that authenticity is enabled externally, and I mentioned a few of the ways Hershey is doing that and let her respond. And then finally, we come back to that initial topic, advice on how to improve your own self-discovery and carve your own authentic avenues from that. One of my favorite conversations, a real laid-back chat, and I think you'll find it's approachable too. So without further ado, I'll step back and let you enjoy this. So how about you sit back, relax, and open up a chocolate bar and enjoy as I get real with Hershey's and Jill Baskin. Hey, Jill, how you doing? I'm good. Nice to talk to you again. It's good to talk to you. It's been a little while. Listeners, uh, you won't have heard a conversation between uh, Jill and me on this podcast. We did something for, for past podcasts in a similar vein. And I must say it was a little more picturesque because we were sitting in the middle of New York and we were sitting across from... I think, was it like Hershey's World? What is that? Yes. Was it? I think we were sitting like right across the street. Yes, we were. Yeah. I wish we had that now. The way, I tell you what I have right now instead. I went, to, I went to the store the other day. Actually, I've been to the store twice for this single purchase. And from about the beginning of March through the end of April, I get as many as I can because they are my, one of my favorites in the selection of all the products that you provide. Uh, the mini robin eggs. Speckled eggs during the Easter season is my one of my favorites, <laughs> one of my favorite offerings. Can you believe that? Are you I, and we talked about this a little bit before, but do you have many folks who, when you ask like, what's your favorite thing? Do they say like, do many people like talk about the Whoppers family? I think it should be talked about more. <laughs> about Whoppers? Is that what you said? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, <laughs> I have no. to admit they don't. Whoppers are not um, our biggest selling brand, though I like them. So. Yeah, I like them. Because it's like, it's just like that chocolatey crunch. I don't know. Anyway, Easter time comes around and like the scale and me are not friends between like, again, like March 1-ish and like April 30, Easter season. That and, uh, that and Reese's eggs, like a whole, I mean, this season is just, it's just killer. But anyway. That's that's our biggest seller, our Reese's eggs. People really wait for Easter because they love Reese's eggs. I would assume. Are you aware that, Sometimes uh, you'll get uh, articles through the year of people who will get a seasonal Reese's shape and they will compare the chocolate to peanut butter ratio to see for peanut butter lovers how much peanut butter they can get out of a single purchase. That's exactly right. We know that. People love. Oh, you guys know that. Okay, so you guys are aware of that. Yes, we are. (laughs) I'm sure. Is it eggs? I'm forgetting which one it is, but I think it might. Eggs is pretty close, probably. Yeah, that's the biggest one. And so um, it has the 
most peanut butter to chocolate ratio. So people like that one. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, appreciate that first off. And I don't, I, we're not going to talk about product for too much longer, but I saw, I saw a preview of something that I really enjoyed, an idea that I really enjoyed for a Reese's cup that was just all peanut butter. That was, that was very interesting. Yes. It's, um, the ultimate and it is, uh, peanut butter on the outside and on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Have you tried one? Have you gotten to like test them? Oh yeah. They're really good. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> listeners, this is, so if you ever work for Jill listeners, <laughs> this is some of the stuff that you get to do, but you get to do a lot more than that. And then so I, I just wanted to break dice with that because, um, right before I sat down for this interview, I was in the kitchen and I grabbed a handful of mini eggs, mini Whopper eggs, Robin eggs. Oh my God. Mini Robin eggs by Whopper. And I was like, wow, we, we got to talk about that first, but there's plenty to talk about. Of course. I want to start sort of in the way that I ended our last conversation way back in August of 2019. I think it was August. Maybe it was September. Because one of the reasons why I loved having you as a guest before and why I think it's worth to talk about again is while we talked a heck of a lot about Hershey's the first time around, where we ended up was to talk about your journey as a marketer, specifically your journey as just a professional in building up on what you like to do and making sure that you specialize. And so self-discovery within that is, I think, a critical piece of anyone's authentic journey. And so while I would normally ask a rather broad and basic question of, tell me how you got here, right? Tell me how you got to Hershey. Obviously, I know a little bit of that story, but I wonder if you could help me focus a little about through your journey to this point, what have you discovered most about yourself that defines you as a, as a person and as a marketer? Wow. That's a big question, Adam. <laughs> what I have start, I learned I'm starting about really myself? big. Yeah. Whoa. Um, okay. Let, let me think about this. I mean, it was funny when we talked last time, one of the things that I know sort of spoke to you was the fact that I said, you know, I, um, uh, you know, that a lot of times through your career, especially when you're younger, you hear sort of what you aren't that good at, like, oh, you should get better at this, or you should get better at that. And I sort of take a reverse approach, which is find out what you like and get really good at that, because you aren't going to be good at everything. And I really believe that. So um, while I work at Hershey, I have, and many CMOs have the career path that they want to become a CEO. And I don't have that. I have no interest in that. That isn't my strength. Um, and it's not what I want to spend my time doing. But I do want to spend my time um, thinking about the best way to communicate um, to our consumers, to find out what's unique and interesting about our brands, um, to think about strategy um, and communication strategy in particular about learning about every platform I can, about new media tools that we can um, better target our audiences, how I can use analytics to do that. Things all in that realm are super interesting to me. And I just keep adding skills in those areas and adding interest. It's just really curiosity and interest because it's something I like and something that um, motivates me. So I guess when I just think about my journey, um, it's been to discover what I like um, at the most basic level. And then um, uh, how do I get better at that? Um, 
which comes easily because it's something that I'm interested in. So this past year then, you had to learn and discover a lot of new things, whether you were forced into it or because you were proactively curious. True. So then to boil that, what you just said, into one small question for like the today, which I guess is early 2021 if we want to make it broad, what do you like? What are you liking right now? <laughs> um, I don't know that I like it any better or any worse, but I think what's been really interesting to learn about is I um, really enjoy working with teams and building teams. And I think there has been a whole huge learning curve of how to do that at a distance. Um, whether it's a team to make creative, develop creative, make creative, whether it's a team, your internal teams to keep them motivated, but it's been a huge learning curve for me um, of, because again, there was no path there. Who knew how this is going to be? And what I've really learned is that you need to so over communicate and um, spend more time with your teams than you ever have before and really check in on them personally and understand their personal lives and what's going on in order to get all the work done. And I think that's, again, it's like an area of curiosity for me. I love thinking about how to get teams working better, more cohesively, getting to a better outcome. And this just was a whole new set of um, challenges to get that done. I've seen that as well from a distance. And I want to ask you about it in a, in a specific lens, one that you've shared with me before, one that I know that you and, and Hershey Broadley is passionate about. But I have, I have been so into that topic as an observer and as somebody in media to the point that I've even put together a, a, a brand new series of podcasts about it. I haven't even put it out yet, but it's all with chief people officers. You know, and you, you know me for having conversations with chief marketing officers. These yeah. listeners on this show know me for having conversations with CMOs. And I've just started dipping my toes into that because like that, that is like the, I don't, can we say billion dollar question? I mean, it's very important when it comes to keeping your team engaged, like if I could use the word authentically engaged, happy, uh, feel like they're valued and involved. I mean, my mm -hmm. God, when we were talking, none of this was really an issue, right? Late 19, I was part of a startup and your early 2020 happened and I would, thankfully I was already remote first, but I saw for people who were there in person, how their lives were just, uh, they just came, came apart in terms of like how they felt in terms of belonging. And when it comes to your, you know, m mission or Hershey's mission, which is to bring joy to people. We talked about that so much in our first conversation. And, and I imagine that nothing has changed about that, especially now. Um, does it take on any different meaning when it comes to bringing joy internally, as opposed to with a, a happy mini Robin egg eater. I mean, <laughs> ha, has it changed? What's that dynamic been like over the last year for you? I mean, cause you've got a big team that you got to manage too, and you're not seeing them every day. Right. Well, that's what I'm talking about is that we, I yep. have instituted so many things during this time, you know, we just, and they're all little, but they all um, ultimately work today. I just finished up a, um, lunch. I do um, three-on-one lunches across my departments. Um, and we just have lunch, no agenda, um, with uh, um, members of my team that don't report directly to me, um, lower level members of the team. And they don't know each other because many of them started during the pandemic. That's sort of the amazing thing is I have, you know, a very young team. And so 
several of them started during the pandemic or were in our offices for, you know, somewhere like six months or less before um, the lockdown. And so uh, we just have lunch together to um, meet each other. I have them introduce themselves to each other if they don't know each other. Um, and we just talk about life. And um, I, today I talked to someone about their new dog. We got to see the new dog. Um, the other person, talk, we talked about what we want to do when we get out of the pandemic. Um, but it's mostly just no agenda, um, time spent together and, and trying to get my team to integrate more fully. So if they know each other, if they know what each other does, they know they can call that person if they have a question. So today it was someone from my adaptive design team meeting with someone from PR, meeting with someone um, from the media group. So, you know, three different uh, um, areas um, that all report into me. And we do need to work as much as we can together and be more integrated. And so during this time, lunches, these um, informal lunches via Zoom, um, have become the way that we're doing it. Just one of the tools, but that's one small example of things that are going on in my team. We have, um, we used to do them quarterly, all team meetings. We would do a happy hour off campus somewhere together just to, again, facilitate sort of interaction among the teams. Of course, we can't do that anymore. So now we have a video that starts each team meeting where everyone sends in anything that's happened to them. So if you have a you know, someone got married, someone bought a new house, someone redecorated their bedroom, they got a dog. So, you know, things like that. We started with a video of all the sort of things that have happened to people. Really, you can put, you can send me anything you want. They'll go into that video. Someone's kid graduates from college or anything like that. And it's just a way to keep us connected, feeling like a team, feeling part of each other. It's all those kinds of things that I wasn't doing before. You know, the, this, those two things that you just said, and I know you said yourself that they're like, they're just one small example. Well, I actually, I've talked with my fair share in, in, the, in the past year, conservatively, probably a hundred, like mostly chief marketing officers or just, or heads of teams. And, and about, about a dozen of them now are chief people officers just off the side. And I, I get a lot more of, we do things at a more frequent basis to make sure that people are connected, but they seem to be in the same or a similar vein as what you may have done on like a quarterly basis before. You know, all we now do like all hands every week. We all get together as a team once a week. Well, that's fine, right? People feel maybe more connected in terms of their work, but do they really know their team as a as a person in that way? What you've just said, like, oh, we start our meetings by we we do a compilation of all like the you know, personal updates in people's lives, happy things, joyful things. And that, it's not like, it's not the, the biggest gesture in the world, but it's, it's incredibly, I'm sure, connective mm-hmm. for the people there. Ha, I mean, God, when's the last, and, and listeners, if, if you are blessed with full-time employment at the moment and, and you are feeling Zoomed out, when's the last time you like genuinely, like genuinely got on a video conference with somebody who is, is your leader, the leader of an entire function of your business? And you genuinely didn't have an agenda. I mean, my, my feeling is that if you went to, into a meeting like that, you'd feel kind of nervous because it's like, God, I feel like I should have something to talk about, but that's because maybe you're unprepared. My point is that you would never have a situation where you were purposely going in with nothing to do except just to like break bread, which is, I think, missing. I've, per, I've perceived it to be missing, even with 
large productive organizations. I found the productivity's gone way up. I mean, my productivity's gone up and I'm not even part of a big business, but like it's these moments which are missed and I'm glad that you're doing so. And I guess in that, to boil what I've just said, because I just spoke there for like a minute long, I don't think those are small gestures. I think those are maybe small in like the amount of time it takes to put together, but like very, very impact. Um, it's an authentic way to connect. And that's, that's what I talk about uh, here. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, when it, so let, me, let me ask about this then broadly, because something else I like to talk about on this show that I didn't ask you about last time are the, and I'm going to use the title of the show here too, the various avenues that marketers and other executives and leaders of people take to operationalize the authenticity that they proclaim. So for you, it's to bring joy, or it was. Maybe if that's updated now, I'd like to know that. And st- I, I know that staying true to yourself is obviously another big way to be authentic. When I ask people to define authenticity, they often say that. And it's not very hard to see if you Google Hershey recently what has come up, whether it's listening to consumers, right? That ultimate peanut butter lover peanut butter cup, that, that's listening all right, because people love that, to social stances that you take, strong policies on deforestation and I remember, even though we weren't talking directly at this point, middle of last year, racial injustice happens and, uh, and social media platforms that were, you know, whether it was actively or, or inactively supporting or, or, or letting it remain on their platforms, you've pulled funding from there. Even something as perennial as the Kisses spot in December being updated to show that family warmth that everybody had been craving all year. All sorts of examples you can see publicly, but I want to learn it from you. You've talked about them a little bit to this point, but what are the avenues that you take personally as a team to operationalize this way of being authentic, bringing joy in an authentic way? It, does it go beyond, like if you say that those are the small gestures of putting together videos and having lunch, what, what, are there big gestures then? What, what's on the other side of that? Well, let me clarify first. Are you asking towards consumers or towards internally? Hmm. That's a good question. Let's start internally and then move outward. Internally, I think just really the things that I've talked to you about already, um, uh, just a lot more touch points, a lot more um, uh, trying to operationalize the kinds of things that we did in person um, on a personal basis. But to your point, I think it is really interesting not to just say, oh, we're going to have this big team meeting. No one needs another giant Zoom meeting. They just don't, you know, so you have to do things that are different and fun. And we're also working, we have sort of a big effort to put more fun in our days because that's a big part of our team. Like um, we have a, we have a sub name of our team, which is C-Suite. And um, even our name is fun, you know, it's S-W-E-E-T. And, um, we always had this really fun space within the Hershey company and all the marketers come to our floor to hang out. We have a big kitchen. We have a living room that was all built for us by Hershey. It was really wonderful. And we have a studio. We have it because we have an in-house agency. And so um, it was just like a big hangout space. So we are always looking for ways to just sort of hang out with each other again. Um, so I'd say there. The joy really just comes from being together um, and having fun together. Uh, my creative team every uh, day at l- meets for lunch every single day. And they have a, um, once a week, they have a one hour challenge. Someone puts it up, like come up with a new 
ad for whatever. And they um, all work on it and compete with each other to see who has the best answer. There's just all sorts of stuff going on all over that I think brings joy or brings goodness to them because they, um, they just feel connected and um, enthusiastic. It's hard to keep your enthusiasm up in these times. People get really worn down by all the, the Zoom meetings and stuff. And so I think it's important, especially with creative people, to keep them um, motivated, excited about work, um, energized, like bringing energy in versus every, I feel like the computer saps it out of you. So ways to bring energy in, I think we're all focusing on that. Um, in terms of external, working externally, uh, you know, we have our Hershey brand's positioning is that it melts the distance between us. Um, we had to really think about that as we, we pulled down almost all of our advertising almost immediately as the pandemic, you know, as the lockdown happened and we went home because um, all of our advertising featured people touching each other and handing each other candy bars, which just seemed like wildly out of step with what was Slightly happening. Slightly out of touch, yeah. Right. <laughs> and so um, we just pulled down, we went through every single piece of copy, which we have hundreds of things out there, um, and quickly coded it red, green, or yellow, pulled down everything that was red or yellow based on, you know, sort of was it appropriate, wasn't it? And we had to really rethink what we were doing. Um, and so um, – for Hershey, we quickly made a s'mores commercial that was really just um, hands and s'mores. We had, um, uh, we've made some some for this coming year that are just starting to roll out now in some warmer markets that are families at home making s'mores. Um, uh, so we had to make some quick pivots, but we still believe we're about bringing people together on Hershey, about melting the distance between us, if that's now family members and closer in. Um, and we've just made that shift about how can we make um, being at home and being with each other um, just a little sweeter, pun intended. Um, right. So, <laughs> um, uh, you know, it hasn't hurt that um, one of the comforting uh pleasures of being at home is um, enjoying candy treats and enjoying baking and enjoying things that involve our products. So it's, you know, um, the pandemic has been good for some brands, including ours. Um, people are eating more candy at home and less desserts away from home. So, um, so it's been a part of making this more bearable and more um, fun to be at home and a way to share it with your family. Because baking is, a, is an activity, is a shareable activity. S'mores is a shareable activity. So um, that's really helped our brands, but I think it also is the role we play in people's lives during the pandemic, of making it more bearable, a, a brighter, more fun thing to do with your family members. So then now that we are sort of, I don't know that we're over the hump, but we're certainly beginning to crest, I think, a little bit, with this situation that we were all thrust into last year, how do you plan to to continue to do that or bring things back like the way, I don't want to say the way they were, but like, you know, how do you plan to bring some of those things that you were doing back back into the fold through through 2021? Because my guess is the next wave, like 
sure, right now you're seeing a lot of more people eating uh, candy in their house and not having dessert outside um, of the house. But, you know, my guess is also that through this year, people are going to get really eager to what, maybe get back together with family, you know, things like that. I just wonder, like, what your what the plans are for Hershey to be involved there, too. Yeah, I think you're right. Look, um, people are going to be there's a lot of pent up desire to go do um, back to your social life, to going out, being out about. On the other hand, I think that we have um, something to build on here. So, for instance, um, uh, I'll back up just a tiny bit. Like you asked, what are we doing to bring joy to people? So Halloween, you know, we went all starting in about April. We were starting to worry about Halloween. I mean, Halloween is our big holiday. And um, we started to look at ways that we could connect with people about Halloween. And you know, all we kept saying was, is it going to, are people going to trick or treat? Are people not? What are they going to do, et cetera? We thought about creating new kinds of holidays, like do you trick or treat inside your house? Do you do this? And what we really realized through all of our searching was the one thing that was true was that people wanted their children to have a holiday. We knew that. they. It was clear through all the research we were doing, we were doing data. Um, weekly tracking of people's opinions about Halloween. And we could see loud and clear that people wanted to make Halloween wonderful for their children and they didn't want the pandemic to ruin it. So I think that the, um, and and so as a result, what they did is they uh, they baked ahead of time, like made parties inside um, within their pods they decorated more for Halloween and it turned into a holiday that actually lasted about two weeks instead of one day. And it turned out to be more like Christmas where people are, you know, planning little parties leading up to Christmas, planning baking, uh, uh, sharing baked goods, etc. And I think some of that's going to stay, especially with support from us. If we change our advertising approach, to be more about supporting it as a season and not just leading up to a day of trick-or-treating, I wouldn't be surprised to see that continue. And so I think um, looking at our seasons a little bit more as a broader um, two to four week um, season versus a day like Valentine's Day or Halloween Day or Easter Day, we always knew Christmas was a season, but I don't know that we understood how much people want to celebrate that season until this hit. And so I think that's what we'll take forward that while people will go back to a lot of their old habits, I think we can build upon the fact that they really enjoy celebrating a season and provide them with products and ideas, et cetera, to, to carry and lengthen that time period. I hadn't really thought about it actively before, but I guess now that I think about it, it happened last year for sure. And I think over the last couple of years, I didn't notice it from a, because, you know, I'm like late 20s, so I'm not going trick-or-treating by myself. Perhaps when I have a family, I will do that again. But it's within the content that I saw, and I don't mean like content that brands did, I mean like, you know, on like Twitter and Reddit and stuff like this, where like, you know, the global hive mind lives. Uh, pretty much it like began in the beginning of October. It's like right. every, that whole month. And just as you said, it's become like you do, <laughs> you, you live life, but you do it spooky, you know, or something for like the month of October. And so like, and I get it, like, you know, it's tongue in cheek. It's not always focused around like the night of Halloween. It's just an idea, but like, 
well, I mean, what, what, what the heck else do you do Halloween for other than dressing up scary and eating, eating chocolate, right? And you know what I mean? So I'm glad that, that you all saw that, that it came through so strongly last year and that it sets up, I think, a good foundation to do it again. I'd like exactly. that. And I think people will still be, <laughs> people are still going to urge comfort and, and togetherness and, and seasons of belonging this year more than, you know, just as much as last year. So that's good for you all. I agree. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I appreciate that. I appreciate this advice that you've given uh, of how, of how Hershey continues to bring joy to people internally, externally. So I'm going to round it out with just one question. This is, and, and this, this is kind of similar to what we did last time, but not, not quite. I, I always ask for a little bit of advice from guests. <laughs> and so this last one probably heads back to where we were towards the top of this chat. Um, the reason being, because the listeners who tuned into this listen for a couple, couple of reasons. One, they want to know how like some of their favorite brands like operate authentically in the world. That's true. But they also very much want to know about like the way that their leaders think. Because the truth is that a lot of people who listen to this show are in the CMO community to be sure. But many are in this community who would emulate the journeys of those CMOs. And so my question to you to round out would be in this vein of self-discovery and authenticity as a result of that. What advice can you give to our listeners on how they can carve their own paths, find out what they like and lean into it um, to create their own avenues to, let's say, personal authenticity? You've shared that with me a couple of times, and I'd like to know if there are a couple of takeaways that we can cap this off with. Well, I don't know that I can tell you much more than uh, what I said of doing more of what you like. I think that every job that you do will have things that you like and things that you don't like. And I would tell you um, to go towards the things you like. So spending, trying to find the next job that has more of what you like and less of what you don't like <laughs> is probably the, it's, it sounds simple um, but, or simple-minded perhaps, but I think that really is the basis of um, both the person doing well and enjoying the ride. Um, uh, I think if you can't have uh, some fun in what you're doing and some joy in what you're doing and some um, true sort of curiosity about what you're working on, that you're probably doing the wrong thing. Um, and so I, I don't know if that's the kind of advice you were looking for, Adam, but that's what I would tell someone. Find more of what you like and less of what you don't like. I think it is. And Listeners, you know why I think it is not not just because I have Joe right here right now. Oh yes, that makes perfect sense. Because you know I, I'm confident enough in myself to be like oh, I don't quite get it, but I do specifically because I'd like to think that over the last year I've discovered more of that about myself. And the final manifestation of that is that now I'm doing podcasts all day long, <laughs> and that's how we first met. It's really what I liked to do. I liked producing that content. I liked having thoughtful conversations. I liked giving a platform to people to talk about these things. And because I liked it, I did it more and more and more until it encompassed 100% of my time and indeed now my professional life. And listeners, while you may not have that nugget of things that you like to do and have the right avenue at this moment to make it become more of your life or more of your work, I'd encourage you to just, just think about it. Um, because Something tells me, because I'm not that far yet in my career, but something tells me that when I look back in like 10, 20, 30, 40 years, and maybe I'm towards retirement at that point, I look back, I'm not going to regret choosing what I like to do more in the face of 
other perhaps more superficial elements of a job like prestige and what do I get paid and who do I rub shoulders with and all that. My guess is actually if you do more of what you like, you end up getting there. Again, I'm not quite there yet. I mean, I'm talking to Jill, so that's pretty good, but I, I'm getting there. And if you take this advice from Jill, folks, and look at Exhibit A and me <laughs> and see how you can manifest it. I think I, you know, Jill, I mean, I think I followed some of your, like, <laughs> whether you know it or not, whether I know it or not, I think I might have actually started to follow a little bit of your advice when I heard it in September, like two years ago. I truly did. I, I And, you know, I, <laughs> I've taken it forward and um, learning what I like and learning what I don't like. Tell you what, life becomes a lot more difficult when you figure that out. So um, thank you for your perspective here, like in the lens of Hershey, but also in the lens of you as a person. I think it's really helpful. People need to learn more about it themselves and to hear examples like yours is incredibly valuable. So I appreciate that and your time here. I can't wait for those all peanut butter ones to hit my shelf. Just like I told you last time, last time I think it was Hershey's Whopper bars. I think that's what it was. That's what like the big, that's what the big launch was at the time. Now it's this. Looking forward to that. Once I get through my mini, car- I only get the robin eggs in the mini cartons because if I get them in the big bags, I'm going <laughs> to eat the whole bag. And I so I keep it to the cartons. You can't eat that uh, many because they're sort of like a jawbreaker. I mean. <laughs> kind of, but I just, I'm living life on the wild side, you know. Sometimes, sometimes you just got it. Anyway, but those things are, oh my God, it's like, it's like, you just like potato chips. You can't just have one of them. But um, anyway. For all of this, I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for joining me again. Thank you for sharing your perspective here and uh, walking down Authentic Avenue with me. I really appreciate it. You're so welcome, Adam. Happy to do it. Even if you're not as big a fan of those Whopper mini Robin eggs as I am around the Easter season, there's a lot you could take away here. And maybe you're just waiting for that ultimate peanut butter cup coming out. I think it's in April it's getting released. But hopefully today you found out a lot more than that. You learned about how to self-discover a little bit better, some tips and tricks therein about how to build your own path. And for that, Jill, thank you very much for joining. And thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in. If you want to hear more stories like this, I tell them all the time. And here's how you can find them. First, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that be iTunes or elsewhere. Leave a rating and review if you'd like. And then you can find me a couple other places. LinkedIn mostly, Adam Connor and Authentic Avenue is where you can find me there. And then over email, adam at authenticavenuemedia.com. Specifically, I'd recommend you write me if you or your business has been thinking about getting into the podcast world, because it's not just that external facing brand building that many associate it with. There's plenty more ways that the audio format can be helpful, and I know a heck of a lot about it. I've focused the last few years specifically on it. Take advantage of my wisdom. I'll be happy to help. For now, I'll sign off until next week. And until that point, I've been your host, Adam Connor, saying until I get real again with you, thanks for taking a walk with me down Authentic Avenue.